listeners, and welcome to the latest edition of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I remain your host, Jason Johnston Yellen, and I continue to be accompanied in this endeavor by Joshua Morrissey Hatton. Hello, Joshua. I'm trying to remember the origin of the inclusion of Morrissey, but I'll just have to think about that for a while. Hello, Jason. We'll cover that in a One Nation Under Whiskey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're new to Extra Extra, Joshua or I will bring a whiskey-related news story to the attention of the other. We will read it in the first half. We will riff on it in the second half. And we always, and if you are a new listener, you can set your watch by this, we always get out of here in a tight 35. Mm -hmm. And today will be no different. What are we covering today, Joshua? We're covering an, an interesting story, one that popped up in February of this year, and things seem to be coming to a close, or maybe have come to a close, mm. uh, September 9 of this year. The story is about Heineken uh, aiming to purchase um, a South African distilling company called Distel. <laughs> and... <laughs> I like the way you say that, like it's not widely known to be the owner of Tobermory, Lechig, Deanston, Bonahaven. Because because (laughs) I don't know that it's widely known. And and, and interestingly, you know, I heard about this when when I was in Scotland. And so here we are getting prepared to record for this episode. And we're finding few if any articles about it. And so that part is wild, right? And and it it really is wild. And so in case people didn't know, Distel used to own Tobermory, Deanston and Budahabin. Maybe they're in their last few days of ownership. Final throws. Who knows where this story has gone? (laughs) As you say, September 9, it was written up. So, so you, you wanted us to, to dip back into February Mm -hmm. to frame and then we'll come back into September 9, and and then we'll have a wee riff. Yes. A wee riff yeah, about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. So uh, I'll read the February article. This is from Bloomberg, and it was uh, penned by Janice Koo, K-E-W, February 24, 2022. And the headline reads, Surging Alcohol Sales Show Why Heineken Wants to Buy South African Distiller. And then the subheader, which is interesting because it's a two-parter. Dutch brewers' final steps to buy Distel are going smoothly. Pandemic-induced glass shortages likely for <laughs> another year. So, okay, you know, nice little double whammy there. But I tell you, it's September. We're closer to another February. So let's see if uh, let's see how correct that. One little statement is, hopefully the glass shortage does go away. Anyway, I'm going to continue with the article now. Distel Group Holdings Limited boasted revenue in South Africa and across the continent as a deal between the country's biggest wine exporter and Heineken NV, I don't know, NV, goes through a regulatory approval process. Heineken's offer of about 2.3 2.3 billion euros or 2.6 billion dollars for Distel got 94% support from local shareholders last week. 
And the final steps to buy the wine, brandy, liqueur, and whiskey maker are going smoothly, Chief Executive Mm. Officer Richard Rushton said in an interview Thursday. Heineken has sold beer in South Africa for decades, quote, so they understand the continent really well, Rushton said. That's the end of his quote. All of the potential regulatory issues were addressed in the investment proposal put forward when the deal was announced late last year, he said. In South Africa, Distel sold 15% more of its alcohol in the six months through December, rebounding from a decline a year earlier, the Stellenbosch-based company said. Revenue in its home market climbed 23%. Still, margins in South Africa have recently come under pressure as glassmakers face shortages because of supply chain distributions. And here we are. That's that's why there's the second part. The company is working closely with suppliers to address the shortages, Rushton said. Quote, it's going to be a bumpy 12-month period, he said. It will start improving, (laughs) but it's not going to be an even ride, end quote. Distel shares fell 0.7% in Johannesburg as markets declined after Russia attacked various sites across Ukraine. Mm. The rest of Africa, there was a further recovery in trading after border closures were erased. Sales at Distel's business outside the continent fell 3.8% as Taiwan, one of its largest markets, had COVID-19-related closures for half the period, and as Distel stopped sales of less profitable wine brands, its premium whiskey brands grew more than 20%. Aha, here's the... Yeah. Here's the crux of the matter, yep. okay. Yep. All those other brands that you don't really think about as a whiskey person connected mm-hmm. to Distel mm-hmm. are just chugging along, doing their thing, ups and downs. But here comes some whiskey knowledge. Here we go, Joshua. Yeah. Rushton is cautious in his outlook for a sales recovery in Taiwan because, quote, they've been very, very aggressive in shutdowns, he said. Instead, Distel plans on, quote, doubling down on key focus areas, end quote, in the international unit, such as sales of its single malt whiskey and Amarula cream liqueur. Oh, Amarula, that's the one with the elephant on it. It's like a banana liqueur or something. Made from bananas, but doesn't taste like bananas. Anyway, and on boosting its African business further, Rushton said. Growing and then and then the article is going to end with a quote. Growing our business in Africa is an implicit part of our strategy for wine. Hmm, that's the end of that article. That's the end of the article. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird way to end the article. Literally, that's all she wrote. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. There you go. All right. So could could you do me one favor? Could yes. you go back to the top of that article mm-hmm. just to to put the the number back into our head, the big number uh, the for big the takeover. Yeah, 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 sure. So that was 2.3 billion euros or 2.6 billion dollars. And just, just to have a little signpost here, currently the dollar and euro have been locked one for one almost well, for a few weeks now. So Indeed, so 2.3 billion dollars yes. for Heineken. Yep. 
Envy to take over all Distel Holdings. All Distel Holdings, so including that uh, that liqueur. And I think Distel owns Strongbow, or maybe Heineken owns Strong. One of them owns Strongbow. Well, we're about to find out, Joshua, because you have set up the next article from News24, which is a South African outfit. And as we said at the top of this episode, we're not finding a lot of information on this. And perhaps we're looking under the wrong stones, but Google has not delivered a lot of information to us. So, So we have News24 in an article that in the reader view does not give the author. Uh, I've so, got it here. It's Carl Gurnetsky. Yep. There you go. There you go. Yep, his name has been omitted from the reader view. So uh-huh. reader view is not perfect, Bert Baumgartner. It's not perfect at all. But <laughs> the title is Heineken can buy Distel, but must sell Strongbow uh-huh. among many conditions, says competition body. Uh-huh. We then have a a listing of the high points of the article. I'm not going to worry about that. We're going to jump right into the the reading here. Not particularly long article either, but it will give us a few things to consider Mm -hmm. when we begin riffing in the second half. So, the Competition Commission has conditionally recommended the approval of Dutch giant Heineken's proposed takeover of parts of South Africa's largest alcohol producer, Distel, with the parties having agreed to invest more than 10 billion rand, which is approximately... Yeah, hold on. I I got the numbers here. Uh, 10 billion rand is the equivalent of $557 million. Okay. That's a fifth of the billions that they were that they were talking about over mm-hmm. in the Bloomberg article. Uh, I was just happy to take a break from that opening sentence. So with the parties having agreed to invest more than 10 billion rand, that's South African rand, on their local operational footprint, as well as transfer more than 3 billion rand in shares to workers. And that's uh, so, $167 million. And right now, you and I were discussing before we hit the record button, Joshua, the pound and the dollar is close to one to one as we have seen in the history of our company. Yeah. And it's 1.1 pounds. No, it's 1.09. Yes, 1.09. I'm glad that 0.01 was that important to you. Yes, Um, it is. It's important to this company, Jason. Continue. See, when it becomes one-to-one, I will be dancing in the streets. The UK will be on fire, but I'll be dancing in the streets in Virginia. (laughs) Heineken, the world's second largest brewer, announced in late 2021 it was looking to buy Distel for about 40 billion rand. That brings us closer. That brings us closer. It's as of today's money, that's $2.25 billion. There we go. Excellent. Thank you. So this deal would create a new regional drinks giant in competition with larger rival Anheuser-Busch InBev. Uh That deal was approved by Distel's shareholders in February 
as you have just pointed out, and the Commission's recommendation will now be put to the Competition Tribunal, which acts like a court on merger matters and has the final say. There you go. The Commission said in a statement on Friday, so that was the Friday before September 9, that, taken as a whole, the transaction is likely to substantially prevent or lessen competition in the merged entities' relevant markets. It would be a dominant supplier of flavoured alcoholic beverages with a market share of above 65%, wow. as well as be the largest cider supplier, with distills brands including Savannah and Hunter's Dry, while Heineken owns Strongbow and the Fox brands. Oh, that's interesting. So I know we're no, I know we're meant to riff, but it we sounds are, like it sounds like part of the reason dollar amounts or rand amounts are being whittled down is potentially that the competition commission is saying no, no, no you can't have that much. You can't have all these cider brands, and therefore Heineken needs to get rid of Strongbow among others to make this happen. Okay, sorry, I'm just trying to put the pieces in my head here. I think I've got it so far. To address this, the parties have agreed that Heineken will sell Strongbow in, quote, a manner that promotes transformation in the industry, end quote, the commission said. You're making the same face as me, Joshua. (laughs) Parties have also agreed to a number of public interest commitments, including 10 billion rand, over five years, go on. Oh, it just, uh, I was going to um, convert that to dollars, but we've already done that, right? 557 million. Yep. We have indeed. Sorry. So, including 10 billion rand over five years to maintain and grow the productive operations in South Africa, as well as an employee share ownership scheme that would transfer more than 3 billion rand mm. equity to its local workers. Also required is a 400 million rand supplier development fund, 200 million rand to promote localization and growth initiatives in South Africa, as well as a commitment to maintain its employee headcount for five years. So no South African layoffs. I wonder if it extends to other countries. Yeah, just really quickly. If you would like numbers, 400 million rand, 200 million rand equates to $22.5 million or $11.15 million. And uh, there you go. That brings us up to snuff here. There you go. (laughs) 175 million rand must also be spent on a, quote, tavern transformation program to create safe, responsible and sustainable businesses with a positive impact for consumers and society, Hmm. end quote. Hmm. The deal will see the creation of two separate businesses, one containing the cider, ready-to-drink beverages, and spirits and wine business, and the other consisting of Distel's remaining assets, including its scotch whiskey business, which will be housed in a Distel subsidiary named Cape Vin. Hmm. Once final conditions are approved, 
Heineken will own a minimum of 65% of the new entity after implementation of the transaction, but distill shareholders will be able to reinvest and hold up to 35%. And the final sentence to get us out of here, Distel's shares were up 1.15% to 175.5 rand in late afternoon trade on Friday, the Friday before September 9, and had been trading slightly lower just before the announcement was made. Okay, so bit of positivity. Not a huge bit, but a bit. Quick break, and we'll get our riff on. I think we were very good boys in the first half of this, and we didn't stop too often along the way to have a little riff. But there's, there's an elephant in the room that I want to discuss straight away here. And we alluded to it in the, the top of the episode. Why is this story not being presented in 101 different places? And certainly yeah. being presented in the usual outlets that we often quote from on Extra Extra. Yeah, I... I find that one really curious myself. I I do wonder if it's simply because the deal isn't done. It doesn't seem as if the deal is complete. It it sounds as if an agreement has been come to, but they haven't yet sealed the deal. That's all I can think of. But if that were the case, then why is there actually an article, right, that you've got News 24 saying, hey, unless it's for people like us who talk to people like our listeners that that want to follow up on these ever-evolving stories and, and, and get those updates. Yeah, I wonder if News 24 being a South African outfit is watching much closer on what's happening to Distel mm. as a South African outfit and the media that we normally rely on, which is 90%, 95% whiskey focused. If we're not at that point yet of saying, okay, these three distilleries and this peated spirit are now under new ownership, mm. right? I wonder if there's a seed to what you're saying there yeah. of... This is still in discussion. I, again, and, and I haven't looked for it explicitly, maybe you have, but there's been no news of Strongbow being sold. Have you encountered that oh, anywhere along the way? You no, know, that's, that's interesting. Because you and I, I think it's fair to say, do not keep up on the latest cider news. And we most certainly are not following Strongbow particularly quickly. Particularly quickly. Particularly <laughs> thoroughly. I did a quick search, and he, here's an interesting thing. So the search term I used was Heineken Strongbow Cider Sold. I don't know if that's the best search term, but uh, it's, it's interesting how it gave me the results. Result number one is an article that says Heineken acquires Strongbow brand in Australia. When, yes, I'm looking at the same thing. Okay. 
Oh, damn it. I wish October, October 29, 2020. Yeah. And so my question to you was going to be, but then you cheated. <laughs> when do you think that article was written? How interesting that that was just two years ago. That's it. But only the purchase of the brand in Australia, which we do know from our whiskey circles that partial brands are being bought and sold in numerous markets continually and somebody doesn't own the whole shebang, uh, so to speak. So, yeah, that's only the Australian portion of that. So we're getting in the weeds a little bit here trying to to parse out some of this. So, So I think the question that we kicked off with was, why aren't we hearing more about this from our usual spots? The answer seems to be because this is still in flux mm-hmm. and who knows where this is. This could end up. My follow-up question would be, why are we not reading speculation here beyond News 24 in South Africa? And it could be because this is still in flux. So I'm really glad that we're talking about it today because when you and I started talking about it last week, It was as a done deal. And to be able to come forth into this episode and say, okay, it's not a done deal. As of September 9th, we are recording this uh, September 25th, uh, ahead of the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, and ahead of it dropping uh, on the Wednesday when we are in Kentucky. But I wonder if there will be news of this breaking at a time in the very near future. Yeah, I was thinking back about this because it wasn't too long ago that Distel purchased these distilleries. So while you were, you know, prattling on, <laughs> did I just say that a lot? It makes, it makes a change for it coming from Virginia instead of Connecticut. <laughs> so he, so... I'm going to give you a bit of a timeline here, right? So in 99, 1999, that's in the 1900s, Jason. Um, Edrington takes... That's when I was born. <laughs> Edrington takes over Highland Distillers and Mothballs Bunahaben, right? But then we fast forward a little bit. In, tw- in 2003, Edrington sells Bunahaben Black Bottle to Burn Stewart Distilleries. Mm-hmm. And then Burn Stewart sold to Distel. And now we have Distel selling on to Heineken. That's Mm -hmm. all within a 22-year period. Changing hands, changing hands, changing hands. Did you mention the year there when Distel purchased from Burn Stewart? Uh, I didn't. It was 2013. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Distel has had ownership of... Bonahaven, Deanston, Tobermory, and Lechig brand. Yeah. yeah. For Since nine 2013. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is distilleries are bought and sold all the time. However, in this particular case, it's been these three distilleries that have been sort of tied to the hip. I think in part because of the black bottle independent, uh, not independent bottling, but but blended scotch whiskey. I don't know why I'm finding it interesting, but I am finding it interesting that it's changed hands so much over the past 22 years. And I, I wonder how much of the portfolio 
these distilleries take up. And if they if they just simply more often than not have to be that thing that comes along with the other bigger thing, right? The ready to drink. Hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. That that's one of the questions I was going to put before you in this section as well. Yeah. Is you and I are whiskey guys, and our our listeners are are very often whiskey folk, and our minds go to these three distilleries. Mm-hmm. But as we read these articles, we're reading about African wine. We're reading about cider. We're reading yeah. about ready-to-drink products. Yeah, cream liqueurs. I wonder yeah. absolutely how far down the list right? and the distilleries come. And if you think about just whiskey as a category and you know, 90% of scotch whiskey being sold is blends... And then you think about the blend that Distel had, Black Bottle. It's a good blend. It's a fairly big blend. It's not a huge blend no. at all, right? So, so it tells me that this likely has been from times it's exchanged hands and then exchanged hands again that this is just a smaller part and parcel of a larger portfolio. Well, in reading back over the the News 24 piece here, where it says the deal will see the creation of two separate businesses. Yeah. One of those wings. And when I got to spirits, I thought spirits was going to mean the Scotch side of things. But when it says two separate businesses, one containing the cider, ready-to-drink beverages, and spirits and wine business, that's one. Mm. The other side consists of Distel's remaining assets, including its Scotch whiskey business, which will then be housed under Cape Vin. Oh, okay. So that, that's a that's a Distel subsidiary going there. So hmm. so is Heineken really going to own those three distilleries? Or is the Distel subsidiary going to be owned by Heineken and continues to own its three distilleries? Well, yeah, that's 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 a good question. And I wonder, too, if the only way they can make this deal work is if that distill portfolio was broken up and Heineken's answer to it was to create a subsidiary to then hold it as a separate, you know, under that separate entity, which could also, and here we are, we're just speculating, and I'm just thinking <laughs> aloud, right? Um, I, I, I don't know Heineken as a brand owner besides beer, and they do a fantastic mm. job with marketing their, their beer. I don't know how they do with whiskey, but it's been fairly clear to me that, you know, Bunahaben has never been the most, you know, shouted about to the rooftops Isla distilleries. Not been a ton of marketing around it. Same with Tobermory. Deanston, people barely know about. You know, will did they create that second subsidiary to to maybe focus on that? Or did they create that as a as a placeholder? for brands that they maybe just want to sell off on the back of this because what they really wanted was the rest of Distel's portfolio. And so I I would look out for those two possibilities and either one of them 
has me concerned about what they would do to the brands to make them more noticed. Are they going to, you know, right now I wouldn't consider them to be pitched as luxury. I think all single malt scotch whiskey is pretty much luxury at this point, but it's, you know, it's not your, it's not like what Diageo has done with Mortlach, right? Which it's created these, you know, a really prestige brand out of Mortlach or continues to, to try to get it to there. Or like the Australian yogurt guy who bought uh, Bladnach, right? And he and he's pushing putting that forth as a luxury brand. I wonder if we're going to see that approach. And with the way everything's headed, I would not be surprised. I'm just thinking back to that time in the episode where I got accused of prattling on. But <laughs> my response. <laughs> But but I'm thinking about what you had said the other day when you and I were, were just simply bringing this up. We were working on some other business here. Mm-hmm. And you had brought up Bonahaven had just, just in the grand scheme of things, just had this multi, multi-million pound facelift. Mm-hmm. Tober Mori just completed work on its yeah. multi, multi-million pound yeah. facelift, right? Yeah. Did Deanston get that treatment was it? Did it kick it off? Or is it completing it? Had it had it recently? Again, like Deanston, what do we? What yeah, do we that's know about that's that's a good question. I was in there in 2019 with Haida, mm-hmm. and I would argue that their visitor center and tasting room seemed, if if it wasn't brand new, it was definitely well kept. Like it, it was a really nice visitors center it's a welcoming place so you know maybe nothing needed to be done with deanston hmm yeah it remains a place i've never been oh it's 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 worth your time it's weird yeah. it's worth your time though because <laughs> it's in an old textile uh, building anyway sorry go ahead but but to the point you were making the other day when we were just chatting away about this was that done with an eye on this potential prize? Was it done just as a rebuilding of the brands? Just as you're speculating here about, well, what what might this Heineken, Distel yeah. partnership slash subsidiary do with those brands? Seems like the work has already started one way or the other. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough to say. I think those are the things that you only discover through hindsight. Uh, where you say, oof, I, I, I should have seen that coming, right? Mm. Really, mm-hmm. ultra quick example, but I think about this all the time when things like this happen. Years and years ago, the rabbi at our synagogue was walking out of the sanctuary towards his office, and me, Haida, and then two friends from our synagogue were walking up the hallway, and we're just walking past one another. And he just smiled, and I heard I heard him say something along the lines of, "This synagogue has a has um, a strong future ahead of it." Two weeks later, he announced his retirement. Right, and and at, at the time, I thought he was just looking fondly at his congregation, and and he was feeling good about the way the synagogue was going. But what had happened was he was about to retire. Right, and it, so it's one of those things that you only notice in hindsight. So are these refurbishments done because they're looking to sell the distilleries off? 
maybe that was the case all along. Well, we will continue to keep an eye out for developments in this story. We'll see if we get more details <laughs> around spirits and wine. And I'm still drawn to this part that says distills remaining assets, right? We don't have a long list of distills assets to be able to cross off appropriate brands. It's it's this kind of nebulous... I'm going to stop you there, Jason, because I am on Distel's website and mm. they've got Hunter's Cider, they've got Savannah Cider, they've got a bunch of wine brands, some blended whiskeys, Clip Drift, Richelieu, uh, they've got some bubbly, they've got some more wine, they've got the Scottish Leader blend, uh, Three Ships, if you're familiar ah, with that, South African I whiskey. I am indeed, yeah. Uh, Baines, uh, which is a single grain whiskey um, out of South, I think that's South Africa. Amarula is the cream liqueur. They have you know, those, those seltzer beers, right? Vowler, Valter, they, uh, Overmere. If you're familiar with Overmere wine, a vodka, Count Pushkin. So they've got... That a, sounds like a joke. Are you joking with that, that is Count not Pushkin? a joke. Deanston, which this is hey. a discussion. Uh, oh, this is interesting. Ah, so that's all, right? So, yeah, if you go to their website, you can see everything they have. It's a huge portfolio. Uh-huh. That's um, one with the magic. There you go. You know, interestingly enough... They do not have Bunahaben or Tobermory or Lecheg on their website. It's just Deanston. It's all lumped under Deanston. It's all the same. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Well, that seems like the wildest and wackiest thing we could get out of here on. So let's call a close to this little riff. Uh, dr drop us a note if you wish info at singlecastnation.com or questions at one nation under whiskey.com no e in whiskey let's get <laughs> out of here Joshua we've got a celebration to get to uh, Shana Tova to our listeners Shana if this is a, a joyous time of year for all of you happy fall for those of you uh, who have other focuses mm -hmm. happy spring to those of you who are down in the uh, down, there. down there, yeah, as down we like there. to say, yeah. uh, and for everybody at all times, we always get out of here by saying peace, peace. peace.